Making a recipe that calls for butter? Make it better with European butter from France. With a minimum of 82% butter fat, it's no wonder French butter is the number one choice for chefs the world over. Whether you're whipping up an omelet, sauteing vegetables, or spreading it on toast, the rich, cultured flavor of butter from France always elevates. Be sure to look for Made in France on the label, and for recipes, tips, and tricks, go to tasteeurope.com. Another funny growing up in New York Japanese story, went to Nobu for the first time. My Japanese mom, she's like, do you have any white rice that I can just have like a side of with like all this like salty ass food? And they're like, uh, no, we don't. And she's like, but this is a Japanese restaurant, right? So. <laughs> You're listening to The Taste Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Rodbar. Today on the show, I welcome in James Harris, one half of Throwing Fits, a very funny podcast and online community dedicated to all things menswear. I wanted to invite James in not just to talk about chef fashion, but also to find out about what he's eating and drinking around his hometown of New York City. We also get into these burning topics, Finelli versus Lucien, not getting into gem wine thanks to TikTok, eating fried prawn heads, Japanese food at home versus Japanese food in the restaurants. We also get the Throwing Fits take on Dime Square. A great episode with James, a real one-of-one guest. I hope you enjoy it. James Harris, welcome to the Taste Podcast. Thank you. Man, I like throwing fits. I'm a fan. I, I enjoy what you guys do. Thank you. Uh, for our listeners who don't know, um, I want to get a little into what throwing fits is. because It's not just a podcast. It's an online community. You do Patreon and all that stuff. But really, I like it. I'm not really a menswear guy. I, 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 I wear clothing during the day. I would hope so. Yeah. Definitely, I try to call an HR a, a taste. If not, yeah, it would be an issue here at Penguin House. But I, I'm, you know, I, I follow it as much as I want to. But I also think what you and your uh, your co-host Larry do is you talk about New York City, yeah. and LA as places, and food always seems to come into conversation. Yeah, uh, I mean, ostensibly it's a fashion podcast, but like you can only talk about clothes for so long, especially with other people that maybe aren't as obsessed with it as we are. So that's kind of like the portal entry point into just the larger conversations that we're having with like interesting people or the conversations we're having with ourselves. Um, and like the joke is that it's a visual art form on a, on an audio medium. <laughs> so like we can't really talk about clothes or like the color blue for that much without <laughs> talking about. You're wearing a lot of blue right out. now. I'm wearing a lot of blue. It's a, it's a, a blue story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it, it, it's a weekly interview podcast and then we have our own shit and then we're like doing, trying to do other things. Yeah. Uh, in IRL stuff, put, making our own clothing for the first time, which yeah. is an insane challenge and has made me really appreciate how hard it is to make good quality clothing that yeah. you actually like. It's cool that you actually do it. Behind. And you, so you can't like clown on, on bad, like brands as I much. Know. Yeah. Well, it's not the critic that counts. It's the man in the arena. So yeah. Agree. Well said. Have you ever done food collabs? Like, have you, have you like pitched like sweet green, like doing a collab or any of that stuff? One of our ongoing dream partnerships for a brand that just needs to give us a ton of money to do it yeah. is to partner up with store with sorry with restaurants that we really fuck with and go to frequently enough and we shout them out enough where like people will literally go there and be like hey i learned about this restaurant throwing fits yeah like um, bernie's for example bernie's like bernie's you gotta have a house account of bernie's by now uh they do call me the mayor there or lawrence <laughs> called me the mayor there um shout out oliver and rachel the the two maitre d's and, yeah. and 
managers. So you're that getting are like awesome. a booth. You're getting like escorted in, like cut, I, cutting the line, Cedar Plain I pre- style. I prefer the 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 best seat in any restaurant is the corner of the bar. Just the best people watching. Yeah. You get to chill with the bartender. You mean like no backspace, no one behind you. Basically, you can look forward and you, you. Yeah, it's the best people watching. You can actually watch the people at the bar itself. And then Bernie's, it's a nook, which actually I don't know if you know this, but it's the opening. It's where they shot the very opening scene in The Departed. Yeah. Before it was Bernie's, but it was uh, like a pizza spot. Yep, yep, yep. That was pretty mid. Yeah, there were some mid spots in Greenpoint, but Greenpoint in general where you uh, are located and you, a lot of your sh- your show and your Instagram is based around Greenpoint. It's a great restaurant neighborhood. Yeah. I was kind of uh, prepping a little bit just because I didn't want to sound like an asshole and be like, <laughs> all right, what are my top three spots? And realizing that I don't really leave my little bubble yeah. of well, Greenpoint, North Williamsburg, Yeah, uh, which is maybe something I should work on. Yeah, is Cool World good? I haven't been there. Um, What's the hot take? Okay, terrible name. I mean, it's kind of decent brunch. Cool. They had a a a beef au jus sandwich, but with a pho broth dip. Sounds like a French dip. Yeah, but with but with like kind of like pho flavors in it. Uh, The first time I went, I wasn't really a fan. The second time I went was with all the fellas, the Mm -hmm. freelancers, our groms, we call them. Uh, Lawrence and I took them out to Cool World, and we got the off-menu fried chicken. Yeah, which is fire. Yeah. Um. And that was just, like, a fun, fun, like, group time. What's crazy, though, is that, like, no shots at Five Leaves, but I was having brunch there in the window, and it was pretty empty, and it was, like, we walked right in, no reservation or anything, which is rare in New York now, and uh, people were waiting outside Five Leaves. Like, we sat down, and when we left, people were still waiting that we'd seen, like, pull up, like, when that were waiting when we pulled up. So they're, like, doing real quotes, because, you know, like, there's the fake quote and the real quote, but they're doing, like, real quotes, like, three-hour wait, two-hour wait. I think it's just like on some like uh. some European like <laughs> must hit list or something. I mean, Five Leaves is good, and I'll go there and get a fucking bowl of beans every once in a mm-hmm. while. But um, <laughs> sounds great. I haven't been there since like they opened. It's been a minute. They're still doing. I mean, they're still yeah. doing crazy business, and they're still doing yeah. egg and beet on the burger. I think. Do you go to D and D ever? Uh, that was my spot for a while. Yeah, it's also. I mean, this is kind of like. Uh, Say it, James. My Say take it. on reservation culture. Oh yeah, is so fucking out of control. It's so hard to walk in. To yeah. a, like a quote unquote regular restaurant yeah. um, in certain neighborhoods, right? In certain neighborhoods in Brooklyn and Manhattan. James, we talk about it a lot on the show. We talked Dude. to uh, John Bonet, who runs Rezzy's editorial, and we spoke with the editors at Eater about it too. Is it's, it like, it, I'm not just imagining no, this, right? You are not imagining this. It's some of the, the toughest uh, cultural, uh, I would say, cultural tokens or cultural indicators are the restaurant reservation right now, meaning the most coveted yeah. when you say toughest. Well, yeah, and everyone wants to get in there and put put it on their fucking IG story, make a TikTok. But it's uh-huh. crazy, like, the worst thing is when people are, you walk in and they're like, oh, sorry, it's all reservations. You know, even at the bar, they're doing reservations for bar seats, which is yeah. absurd. Yeah. I hate it. I mean, it's tough. I think on the flip for the restaurant operator, you know, they got to, like, space out the the flow sometimes. Like, their kitchens get crushed. They don't have the staff. That's, okay, like, the yeah. flip side. All right. You're, you're, saying, you're saying some truths, though. I think a lot of people are frustrated by the restaurant reservation. Why? Go to the small guys. Go to Chinatown. Go to places you can walk in. Yeah, for sure. But they're not as cool in some Yeah, ways. I mean, they're just as tasty, but it's also just, like— Yeah. Even, like, neighborhood spots are tough to just I know. walk in. But that's why Cool World is kind of this weird anomaly, because it is, like— mm-hmm. uh, uh, no pun intended, cool restaurant, but you can kind of walk in. <laughs> Name's tough. Yeah. This is a tough hang. Tough okay, uh, Dr. Taco, that is your Instagram handle. What's the story? Is, there, is this a culinary reference or something else? Uh, it's actually, I, okay, so I lived in Thailand for a year near Shit. Chiang Mai. Sweet. Um, just after college, no job, no idea what I want to do. You fuck with Muay Thai? You box? Um, I did a little Muay Thai. 
I, and it was like truly like in like some old man's backyard where there's like wow. chickens running around yeah. and they're like the real guys are like getting their shins beaten with metal rods. And yeah. we were just like, oh, like <laughs> now we great cardio. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> getting shredded here. Yeah. I mean, it was <laughs> fucking tough and I would love yeah. to get back into it. But I feel like every Muay Thai place in New York people like are actually training to fight. Yeah. Which I don't really want to do. No. I just want to like, just hang. So tell me about Thailand. Uh, so I lived in Thailand and there's a potato chip brand called Dr. Taco, which I thought was hilarious. Um, and it was pretty tasty. When I got back to New York and I actually started up the first, started up an internship uh, where I first met my now Throwing Fits co-host Lawrence. He was like, yo, you should get on Twitter. I'm <laughs> like, what? It's like, this is fucking stupid. All right, I don't need like a real name like James Harris or whatever. So I just did Dr. underscore Taco MD. Okay. Became known as Dr. Taco, Doc Talk, Taco, whatever. Yeah. And then Instagram came around and I just kept it going. And people think it's like, people think it's like a sex thing. Yeah. It's a potato chip thing. Exactly. I like that. I like even that. better. I like that even better. Do you ever like get these chips in in like uh, mail order style? Do you ever get them? No, like the Dr. Chop. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I, this was like literally fourteen years ago. Wow. So I don't even know if that chip. It, it's so probably bad. out of business. All right. I want to ask you about the menswear fashion crowd. Like, what? Where are they hanging out? Where are you hanging out right now in in Brooklyn and in, in, in the city? Um, I think Finelli's is still ground zero. So Finelli's is still ground zero. Finelli's is still the one. Wow. It's a joke. Like, if you want to, yeah. the, the stop and chats are fucking rampant there. Is Can't over Lucian? Yeah, I'm not really a Lucian fan because, like, again, it's just too hard to get in. Yeah. And the food is kind of whatever. Yeah. The vibe, I guess, is great. But, uh, right. that's probably more like art crowd. Okay. Um, I like the parsing of the crowds. It's, it's nice to hear this. Yeah. It's really think, articulate. I think right around here... Like, Rock Center is still trying to become a fucking thing, and, <laughs> yeah. like, good luck. Yeah. I'm nah. not trying to pay, like, $25 for some little snails or anything. Yeah. <laughs> Monkey Bar's a reopening, I heard. Or, or doing yeah, something no, cool. Yeah, no, I think it's open now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what's happening. There's, like, a roller skate rink instead of the ice skating rink now. I don't know what's going on. I mean, it's uh, been a minute since I've been up here. Where do you like to hang, then, in New York? And I'm going to get into some top threes, because I, I really want to get into some of your, your brain. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I mentioned this, but... I'm, like, not really leaving my little bubble, which yeah. I like, is, like, this yeah. kind of off near, like, McGulrick, between McCarran and McGulrick mm-hmm. on, like, this, like, I guess, eastern side of Greenpoint, which is off, like, the Franklin Ave uh, crazy strip, which is now just Takia Ramirez lines down the fucking it's block. It's crazy to see Ramirez have such long lines. Dude. It's good stuff, though. It's really good. Yeah. It's the closest taco in New York without going, like, deep into Brooklyn or Queens that I've had that tastes similar to something in Mexico City. Yeah. But the lines, and again, it's tough. It's just lines are a real crush. And now, after the, they were like number, f- I don't know what they were on that New York Times 100 best restaurants Top in New 20, York. I think. The lines are always like to the corner. Now they wrap around the corner and go down the block to the next corner. Damn. P. Wells actually, I think he did a good job with that list. Do you, did you actually dive into it a little bit? I, sk- I skimmed it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. really sit down with it. I really want to go to the, I really, I have been really wanting to go to the number one one. Yeah. And like link, I guess another fucking Absolutely Tatiana by yeah. Kwame Nwashe. Yeah. Yeah. It looks so, so yeah. good. But yeah. now it's, I'm not even going to try. No, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough reservation. I'm sure you could get in though. Now, okay, what places are super out? Cause I think you follow like the trends and the way the ebb and flow of, of restaurants and, and bars and stuff. I don't know. I don't really, uh, this was like a good exercise just prepping for this. Cause I don't yeah. really, uh, I don't know if I really like chase like what's hot and what's not. But yeah. just, like, I'll just love a single dish at a place and, like, as a – my OCD will just, like, make me go back there frequently yeah. just to get that one thing. Mm-hmm. I th- I'm really sick and tired of, like, very expensive, overpriced French brasserie, yeah. classique fucking, yeah. like, steamed fish with a cream sauce. Yeah. Yeah, for, I'm, like, 48. Yeah. Exactly. I'd rather just get, like – 
I miss just like, I don't know, like really spicy Vietnamese food or something. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, New York, there's some spot. I mean, Koreatown's got, I went to a place last night that was 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 literally on fire. So I, I think spice is nice. Now, I have to ask, like Balthazar, like you, mm. it's a theme on your show. You you guys <laughs> go there with your gang, with your crew. Are you into Balthazar? Let's be honest here. Uh, not the food. I think yeah. like New York has a, pl- a ton of places where the vibes are on 10, yeah. but the food is like... Pretty yeah. fucking mid. Yeah. And I think Balthazar is right there where it's like, you're going to have a great time. The lighting's great. Everyone looks good. Everyone's mm-hmm. getting fit off. But at this point also, it's, again, just such a tourist place. There's like TikTok girlies. Mm-hmm. There's uh, the people that are going there because they saw it on TikTok. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of content being created within those walls. Yeah. That, on, that zinc, on that zinc bar. Yeah. Lots of like stands and phones being set up. <laughs> I mean, the amount of selfie sticks and even tripods <laughs> at Balthazar is crazy. <laughs> but like... Burger's fine. Burger's like, good. I don't, I don't know. French I, onion's good. Uh, seafood tower's overpriced. Yeah. Yeah. But, but And, like, just gonna, just grabbing a drink there with some friends and, like, maybe getting yeah. a fucking bowl of fries or something is good. But for a whole meal, it, it's just, like, very mid-food. But yeah. the vibes are just very high. What's New York with, is chock full of that. What's up with jeans? Alex Delaney's been on the show. Uh, I hear about jeans. I haven't been yet. Is, like, is the food there good? Or is it just a club? What I haven't. I don't know if the restaurant's open. Or oh, like, it's not even open. It's not even open. Shout out Benny yeah. and uh, Ash. But, like... I don't, I don't know. Okay. I think now there's just a bit where they're like, oh, Gene's not open yet. It's like, all right. It's almost like, just like, a, it's just a club space. <laughs> it's just a club. It's fair. It's, it's a good, nice space, good location. Alex and Giavos, when they do Love Club, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, shout um, out Richmond, Virginia. I like that. Yeah. I like that Giavos guy. But I would love, to, he's, he's awesome. You should have him on the show. Yeah. I, he has my, a few restaurants. He has uh, Stella's in, in Richmond, which is, which looks phenomenal. I think he has one in mm-hmm. Charleston as well. My sister-in-law, Maya, uh, runs a spot named Dinamo down in Richmond. So I love, nothing but love for that town. It's like a little gem of a food town, right? Yeah. Um, all right. We're going to do our first top three. Okay. Top three slices. Let's just go. Uh, Okay. This is hard because my number one, just based off memory, was this place called Frank's on 22nd and 1st. No longer there. It's probably a fucking bank or a subway or something. Into the retro, maybe not open list. This it's a It was good, just like good way to do greasy it. New York slice. It was $1.50 a slice. Um, but right now it's Leo's. Yep. Uh, or just, sorry, just Leo. Yeah. Shout out Joey. I think their potato pie is phenomenal and their chopped salad and beans and another place that's just like, the uh, rare, rarity where the food matches the vibes. Yeah. You can have a great time there. It's loud. It's buzzing. Great wine, great beer, um, great pies. So Leo, I would say Scars just because, like, yeah. just recency bias, just had a, a Nick's watch party oh, in no. the back there. Oh, in that one. little back space? Yeah. Which That's just, kind of a restaurant, but never yeah, really one. Which is just a lot of fun. Like, uh, Hugo, this guy, the brand director at Awake New York, he just yeah. invited some friends and was passing out President Days, and it, it just felt like a, like a, uh, I don't know, like experience you don't, you can't really get anywhere. Yeah, um, I mean that back room and the way he like art directs it, it's it's definitely scars. You got to give that guy scars some some credit for like creating yeah. this mood. Is the restaurant open next door yet? It's across the street. I don't oh. think it's open yet. Okay. I think that um, they're still working on it. But from what I hear. It sounds like it's gonna be pretty a pretty cool like kind of one two combo. Yeah, um, I heard sushi. Is that true? Japanese? Uh, I I don't know. How to, yeah, we're have doing scar on. Have we're, scar on. We're doing plywood report here, James. We're doing plywood report back yeah. eater eater twenty ten. Shout out. <laughs> and then <laughs> I was I don't know. See, like I'm not a pizza snob, so I was trying to I was kind of struggling with this one. But the last time where I like traveled 
to a different neighborhood to get a slice was probably Mama Two's oh, on the yeah. Upper West Side. So fucking good. <laughs> applause, applause. I love that place. I think, I think their um, Pomodoro slice is one of the top. Yeah, and I just, think I only had uh, the grandma slices. Grandma slices so up there. Good. Great call, James. I knew you'd come with some Thank spots. you, thank you. Have you ever met a chef who actually dresses well? Maddie Matheson. Um, not just for a chef, but for a big boy, for a big dog. Yeah. He puts that motherfucking shit on. Yeah. Um, whether it's like the vintage thrash vintage tees and, and gigantic vintage Carhartts or like yep. he's been doing his suit shit now that he's on the red carpet for the bear yeah. and everything. He's been getting his suit on, and he looks fantastic. He looks great. Yeah. And he's got great ink. I mean, he looks nice. Yeah. Like, his arms, he looks nice. And just the funniest guy. And then I would say Flynn McGarry of Gem. I can't afford Gem. Flynn, former I guest. Af- I can't afford Gem. I went once, and was like, all right, I uh, need to fucking- Gem Wine? You go to Gem Wine, at least? I can't get in. Okay. It's another one of these, like, TikTok places where I think now they're finally open on the weekends. Yeah. But it, mm-hmm. maybe when, like- Outdoor seating opens back up this summer, which is actually exciting yeah. just because it yeah. means, like, more uh, opportunities to, like, go to places. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll give it a shot, but, like, it's another one of these places where I'm just like, I'm not going to wait an <laughs> hour and a half to have a glass of wine. I know. So, so what's the throwing fits line on Dime Square? Uh, I don't know. It's, like, it's a funny, it's just white Chinatown. Like, it's a funny... It's a funny little phenomenon. I really like Servos. I think Servos is still like one of my favorite restaurants. Always say that when we talk about Dime Square with other guests, Servos is always, and Dimes 2 is actually a good restaurant too. Yeah. Oh, you, you pause. I love it, James. I'm, you pause. <laughs> I've been there a few times um, and never really was like super blown away. Probably because like an uh, ex-girlfriend was always taking me there and I was just like, all right, like this is yeah. okay. Restaurants are like that. They have yeah. connection to people and you just don't want to build there. Anymore. But it's like sitting outside drinking a 50-50 yeah. servos martini yep. and some fucking fried prawn heads, like sopping mm. that butter sauce up with yeah. that bread. So when you're sitting outside in the sun setting and it's like hit, it's going like straight down Canal Street, it's a great fucking time. Yeah. I really want to try the new Parcel beer shop too. Yeah, the the retail down there is great. I mean, not just not just for food, obviously, but there's 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 like stores down there, there's like metro yeah. stores and stuff. Great down. vintage Leisure Center, Leisure Center, of course. Street rack, Chad just wheels out a rack on the weekends. Yep, and uh, right outside La Dive, and he'll just like have awesome stuff. Yeah, and it's just like a good. It's a good little area to just, like, bop around for an afternoon, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's good for out-of-towners, too. We have a lot of out-of-towners who listen to the show just to come by and, and hang out down there. Yeah, in terms of, like, the Dime Square, like, <laughs> lore, I'm not really that tapped into, like, all the newsletters and all the fucking yeah. burner accounts and all that shit. So I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't really well, I like have that, time to get into that. I like that about you. You obviously have a real strong point of view with food, but you definitely aren't, like, food media or, like, nerding out on that shit. Like, you definitely have your own point of view. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, just eat what you like. Yeah, I don't know. agree. I want to get into your background. Uh, did you have uh, Japanese food in your home growing up? Not really. I think because my, my mom, my mom's Japanese, grew up in New York City. And like, obviously there's like tons of great Japanese here. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. She, she, she like always thought that American food is so oily and yeah. greasy and heavy. So when she was cooking for us when we were kids, I think she like kind of pared back on that. And then I was lucky enough. Uh, every summer to travel, my whole family traveled to Japan and like hang out with the family there for like a week. Amazing. And so that was really cool. Amazing. Like, cool. Yeah. To like eat fucking sushi as a seven year old and like understand yeah. and like mm. appreciate it yeah. or eat a fucking 7-Eleven uh, ramen and be yeah. like, oh my God, this is phenomenal. So Why don't we have it over the, over having eel for breakfast. Do you ever have eel yeah. for breakfast? Yeah. Eel for breakfast. Uh, my uncle one time came back, he just like caught a fish and came back and just like, we had sashimi with wasabi just like yeah. on the fucking kitchen table that he nice. just caught. Um, so that was cool. That's cool. So where did you grow up? I grew up in Stytown. Oh, Stytown. Well, Peter Cooper. Yeah, Peter Cooper Village, yeah. Um, so when you were growing up, 
uh, did you go to did you go to school high school here too? Yeah, I went to Stuyvesant. In oh, America. name check. There you go. <laughs> you, you, you were one of the down. It's funny. Did you go to school with Ryan Muir? Yeah, photographer. Yeah, yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I'm putting you on the. I'm putting you on the spot. Like, do you know Ryan Muir? I, I don't like know. That. Ryan. I don't know that many people from high school, but yeah. And the and Dust Races guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah Heems, yeah. Dash. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, Manchu just had his fake going away party. No oh, shit. He he's in LA now. No, he's staying in New York, but he still he had a going away party because he was going to move to LA. <laughs> yeah, he's like, actually, I changed my mind. I'm going to stay in New York, but I am going to go to India for three weeks. Good he's over him. in India now, just chilling. But uh, that's a great episode. I'll link to the show notes. Teams on, on the Taste Podcast. Now, so growing up in New York, okay, this is even a broader like question. Were there any Japanese spots that you were going to with like your with your family? New yeah, York? there was a a spot called Choshi on 19th and Irving. Are you serious? Do you know it? Uh, Dude. yes. So fucking good. My God. Before Irving Plaza shows, I used to always go to there. Yeah. Yeah. And like weirdly affordable for where it is. Oh my. I don't know. I guess like uh, I had a job working at Sunrise Mart one summer. Nice. I was a delivery van driver, which was awesome because I got paid by the hour, but I wasn't supervised. So if I finished <laughs> all my deliveries, people would call in over the phone, uh, grocery orders. I would pack up the van, drive around Manhattan, Queens, Brooklyn, drop these off. Um, mostly like Japanese families. Yeah. And, uh, and then if I got done, I would just fucking find a quiet street park, take a nap for an hour. Yeah. Make an extra 16 bucks. It's the best. Yeah. Sleeping, get paid to sleep. I definitely had jobs in them in my past. Yeah. I got towed once, but, uh, yeah. the owner of Sunrise Mart, I forget his name, but he's a, he's a legend. Um, he was like, the policy was like, you got to pay for it. He's like, don't worry, I got you. Oh, that's nice. That's, that's generous of him. Now, let me ask you this, uh, growing up and going to all those spots in like, J- like little Japan in the East village, I feel like, like Sunrise Mart was almost like Erwan before Erwan was Erwan. <laughs> and they like kind of missed the boat. They could have been Erwan. Yeah, I think, but what's cool is that the guy was like, he still has Sunrise Mart in industry city now. Oh, cool. He's yeah. just kind of like, yeah, I don't want to like spread my time. I'm like 70 something. I'm just going to retire and chill. Um, I forget his name, but he's just kind of a legend and like quietly was like the Don of like little Japan on like East 9th Street. Yeah. All the little places on St. Mark's. Um, oh, another funny growing up in New York Japanese story. Went to Nobu for the first time. I have a rich eccentric uncle. Yeah. Who likes to take out my family when, when he was in New York when we were kids and we went to Nobu. And we're like fucking eating the, you know, black cod like miso, whatever. Always, yeah. My mom is like, hey, uh, my Japanese mom, she's like, do you have any white rice that I can just have like a side of with like all this like salty ass food? And they're like, uh, no, we don't. And she's like, but this is a Japanese restaurant, right? So <laughs> whatever, shout out Nobu. That's funny that they would not even do that. So they wouldn't serve you. Were you sitting next to anybody, anybody big there at Nobu back in the day? No, like but my, my, my eccentric uncle ordered some fucking expensive scotch. And I apologize to the producer and the listeners for doing this, but he was like, he took a sip and he just goes, <laughs> and everyone in Nobu just like looks over at us, like we're the crazy people. And then later on, they couldn't find my dad's coat. And my uncle, it was for my dad's birthday. So my uncle had bought him a headlamp for like yeah. doing shit around that. I don't know what, I don't know what. <laughs> and so he puts on the headlamp and is going through everyone's like minks and like fucking like This overcoats. is the eccentric uncle. This is the eccentric uncle. Wow. He's standing on a chair. He's like pawing through everyone's, you know, multi-thousand dollar yeah, yeah. overcoats and furs with a headlamp on. <laughs> I love this guy. Um, is he still Is he still here? Is he still in your family? He's still, yeah, he's still uh, kicking it out in Seattle, but he's, now he's like a big, uh, like a crypto prepper guy. Oh, he's a prepper guy. Yeah. I was going to say crypto, but probably prepper is more. Accurate. But what's crazy is his him and his wife, his wife was a nurse and she uh, was a nurse and doctor here. She was an epistem- epistemologist, mm, I believe. Mm. 
during like the AIDS epidemic mm-hmm. in New York. So when she saw that shit happening in China in like f- January 2020, she sends an email that we were all just like, she's overreacting. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. It was so prescient and like it was so like, yo, stock up on toilet paper, yeah. medicine, uh, prescription pills that you're going to need. Um, this is like, this looks like the big one. Wow. And then, uh, we were wow. like, oh, whatever. Did you, did you actually buy the toilet paper or did you, were no, you like, fucked up? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now you worked at Complex. I wonder, were you, did you cross over with First We Feast and Chris and those guys? Yeah. You ever, I feel like with like, like hot ones coming out of First We Feast, what a miraculous, crazy story. What a great, I love Chris. He's such a great guy. Yeah. yeah. And still the same dude he was like, you know, before the ship went, went nuts, but yeah. I was friends with Sean Evans. I actually like yeah. was one of the he was a freelancer for a lot of channels, mostly sports, but he would do some stuff for complex style, which I oversaw. Yeah. Just like more like jokey stuff. And we became friends and he's like, yo, I think they're like offering me this position. I was like, yeah, come to New York, bro. Like wow. come, he wasn't even come in town. do it. Wow. No, he was still in Chicago. Wow. And then this I mean, Sean is like the goaded interviewer and like he, yeah. the amount of research they do is nuts yeah. and second to none. But uh at the time, Lawrence and I actually had a YouTube show called Fashion Bros, where the whole ethos was we'd have on a guest and kind of ask them like left field questions, which now is like pretty standard. But back then it wasn't like, hey, Migos, like what's your mm-hmm. inspiration for the next album? It's like, yo, how much weed do you smoke? Yeah. Yeah. What's on your Netflix? Um, and it would like kind of actually elicit like human responses, not just like. Well, I love your bullshit. show throwing fits. You do. The, I mean, it's that that's why it's so great. Like you Thanks. guys just go in and you do some research, but you also just have great on your feet. Style. Yeah, thank yeah. you. But Sean yeah. and I, we used to be uh, F train buddies. We take the F train home together. Nice. And he was like, "Yeah, like the show. Like I don't really know if like <laughs> asking people questions." And I was like, "Yo, just ask crazy questions. Like don't ask the questions that everyone else is asking. Ask the questions that you, as a person, actually would want to know. And then like you'll actually connect with them and get it out of them. And now like." I'm not. You get you get producer credit here, James. I mean, I no. feel like there's some like producer credit. John is just the homie. The last time we hung <laughs> out, it was like he invited us uh, to his crib for like a fight night. Yeah. Ordered like an insane amount of Maria takeout. Yeah. So wait, that's funny. That's probably more Maria takeout. The amount of Maria. The that's amount like of Maria takeout. Too large, probably. Well, the amount of Maria takeout probably exceeds <laughs> the the monetary value of whatever I would have gotten as a producer. Oh, Sean. I mean, I, I they deserve it all. Those guys worked their ass off for many years. Chris and the team. Yeah, Justin, Chris, Sarah, Justin, Justin, all those guys. Yeah, definitely. All right, next top three. Top three spots just for like a good drink with a friend that has a vibe that you just want to feel the vibe. Oh man. Um. First up, I think, is A-Bar. Do you know this place? Yeah. It used to be called No Name Bar. Yeah. My now brother-in-law A-Bar. owns that spot. I, Are you serious? Like, for real. Yeah, yeah, Dude, the place is awesome. I stay above it, yeah. It's sometimes. a fucking hole. It's a shithole, which is what I love about it. It's a great bar. But it's also, like, weirdly classy and, like, well done. It's just, like, dark wood. But it's all just metal guys, like, crazy fucking face tattoos. Yep. Um, Sounds about right. Never crowded, which is great, but always a good amount of people. So there's always, like, a little bit of buzz, but you can always just walk in and get a fucking bud. Um... Love that place, especially in the summer, because it's like a cool little Yeah, cave. backyard's great. And, yeah, and, and great backyard. I hear, I hear through the family grapevine, through the family group text, text, maybe there'll be some food in the backyard or something. Ooh. It's being worked on. I think they've, I think I've had like a pretty sketchy hot dog back there when they've had like pop-ups or something. Yeah, they, they could improve it. But I think, yeah, just, just like, okay, what's the number two spot? Uh, Number two, just because I walked by it today, I was like, oh, shit, I can't wait to like start hanging out here. Is the Lot Radio. Mm. Again, kind of just my like north... Green North Williamsburg Greenpoint bubble. Yeah. You ever hung out there? No, I haven't been over there. It's great. Uh, it's just an open fucking lot that they have a shipping container where oh, on cool. one half of it it's just like DJing and they have like a live stream radio radio online radio show. 
just constantly going. And then the other half is like beer, wine, sake, mm. a few like bites, potato chips, coffee in the mornings. And then it's just this open space with just like a hodgepodge of chairs. They have fire pits going. It's not like twee and millennial and no. corny. Um, it's a little like Wild West Brooklyn, like back in 2005 yeah. kind of And like vibe. people are just smoking weed. You can smoke yeah. cigs. Um, a lot of times people just BYOB, which is kind of funny. Interesting. For a um, bar, that's not the great business model. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they've, like, done a good job of, like, slowly extending out seating. It's like porta-potties. Yeah. You know, they're building out seating, like, um, on the street there. Do you ever go to the yard in Gowanus back in the day? They did, it sounds similar. I don't know. If no. Okay. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just always a fun time and, and good for a big group. And also, like, you end up just meeting people and talking to people. Um, so it's a good spot. Okay, one more three. Yeah, one more three. Maybe. Okay, I had a few contenders. One was Commodore, just because like yeah. that's literally the only bar I still go to in my mid thirties. I was going to my early twenties, <laughs> and it's that still like opened. Hasn't fucking changed, and the, nah. the hot breast is still still slaps. It's good. They were like hot chicken before hot chicken before yeah. like the meme. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Good spot. Good choice. I mean, it's yeah. still dark and, and kind of dingy in there. Yeah, so, like, I wanted to kind of maybe do a non-dingy spot, but then I was like, oh, uh, I was, like, looking around, like, place I've been recently, Nancy's in Tribeca, but just because that's such an outlier for Tribeca. Yeah. yeah. And it's such, I only go there when we're, like, waiting for a table at Frenchette. Yeah. So it's like, all right, going to go to a overpriced yeah. fucking fancy spot. Let's go to Nancy's before I have to save money. Damn, Frenchette? What? That's a that's a tough hang. That's a that's an expensive table right there. I We do business with one guy who has the bat phone there and not that they like hook it up but he'll always put it on his company plastic so like oh we'll go well, then <laughs> end of story yeah like, that's why we're still on. doing business with this guy let's move on i mean yeah and you and that is part of your business in the menswear in fashion industry uh is all about the plastic exactly and then uh, sorry so then like a non-shithole i would say like maybe four horsemen just because it's like just in the window again it's one of those places where you, it's hard to walk in now but if you yeah. get there early enough or an off hour, you can just sit in the window and like drink some wine. Yeah, some great. James food. is there, you know, just doing yeah. thing. Sure, <laughs> other James. He's been on the show. We've talked about. I'll link to that one. That's a that's an that's a one from a few years back. Our interview with James Murphy and and the chef there, who's still I'm, I'm blinking on his name. Place is excellent. Yeah, love four horsemen. There's another spot, Friday in Fort Greene. Yeah, you know it. Uh, yeah, I do. Four Horsemen alum. Yep, one right. of the best steak tartars I've ever had in my fucking life. Yeah. Um, I didn't know if it was like how to classify it. It was like Italian or French or whatever, but it was. What? So it was tartare, I think egg, I think really great beef, I think capers, I think maybe shallots or, or light, mild onion. What? It, what it what had is? some pickled daikon on it. So it's going that route. Yeah. Cool. Which was like not, not in like an Asian-y way, and yeah, I can yeah. say that, but uh, <laughs> I can say that. But uh, yeah. it was just fucking like very funky and delicious. I don't know. So, I mean, tartare when the beef is nice and it's like, fatty and and you can taste the beef it's not just cold yeah so nice they love that twice appreciate appreciate the you doing this research you were you were just in la i was just in la um we were uh messaging back and forth you got stuck in doing going to some pretty middle of the road restaurants it sounds like so my question is la where do you like to go there um first and foremost it's a maddie matheson recommendation is uh el russo tacos yes in echo park yes fucking phenomenal yeah i mean wait in line yeah. Like, wait in line at El Russo. I, I've never actually experienced a line there. Yeah. Even, like, a Saturday at, like, noon or 1 o'clock, um, which is nice. I mean, not, like, walking right up, but I think I went there twice in one day the last time we were there. Damn. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot of carne asada. I don't really know. It's like, when we're in L.A., the schedule is so fucking packed yeah. that it's like, all right, we know El Russo. We know it's fire. Yeah. That's definitely a must hit. 
And then it's like in terms of driving around and like experimenting with other taco spots, I would love to do that. And I'm always getting recommendations and ask people recommendations for their favorite taco spot. I'm the doctor after all. <laughs> but uh, it, it, it's just always El Russo, literally number one. And then from there, sorry, excuse me, we can't really, don't really have the time. And this past trip fucking sucked because as we kind of bring on more guests of like a higher celebrity caliber, you enter into this fugue purgatory of like nothing's confirmed. Yeah. They're going to be fucking late like I was today. Um, sorry for being for being on my All good, uh, yeah. star behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Little like, rock and roll there, buddy. So we fly there and we're like just waiting around the hotel and we can't commit to like going yeah. to dinner with friends. We can't try out a new restaurant or like a place we want to go to. We can't drive out to a taco truck because it's like we need to be near the hotel, near the gear. At our action stations. So it's just eating at the fucking hotel. Oh, brutal. Which is Ugh. trash. So you've channeled the frustration of business travel in LA. I feel like it happens to a lot of our listeners. You've been there for a variety of reasons and you just have to do the work because you're traveling there, but you can't eat the food, which is on SGV or, yeah. you know, West Side. I really want to try uh, Pijap Pija Pija Palace. Palace. Yeah. I was just going to say. How was it? Great. I mean, lots of lots of great things going on there, including the owner. He's incredible, and I think you should have the guy on your show. He's got lots of shit to say. Okay. Uh, not to produce your show. And well, speaking of that, time. have you had any good uh, Throwing Fits food crossover episodes that we should know about? I guess Maddie, Maddie Matheson. Yeah. Um, he was like, talking about the bear before anyone knew what that was. So we were like, what are you talking about? <laughs> You're like, was he like, this show actually is going to be good? He's like, yeah, I got a show. We're like, what? <laughs> so we didn't really have anything yeah. uh, prepped for that. Maddie was awesome. I'm trying to think who else. I think it's just like we always just end up talking food with everybody because everybody has like their favorite spots. If we're in LA, we'd be like, yo, what are you what what are what are the best spots in LA right now? Uh if someone's we just had on uh this fashion editor from Berlin and we're like, where are we going to Berlin? Mm -hmm. And she's like dropping things and it's like, all right, it, when I do go to Berlin, I'm gonna listen back and take notes. Right now, I have no fucking idea what she's talking about. But um I think Maddie Matheson's probably the most and then I guess Chris Storer. The you've had him later, yeah. Oh, nice. Bear. I've had his uh, we've had her sister on his sister on Courtney, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so there was definitely some food talk there, which is like him being the bear and also just a food lover. Um, let me ask you this um, you're a man of tattoos, and we're working on a story about bad food tattoos. Tell me what's the weirdest, oddest, strangest, worst food tattoo you've seen in the wild? Oh man. When I think of food tattoos, I just think of, like, the stereotypical, like, radish, oyster. Yeah, those, like, super like, twee, stick-and-poke ones. Yeah. yeah, not even that, but, like, kind of, like, the more traditional American ones. Like, every tattoo era looks so dated at a certain point. I know. And right now, like, I mean, the shit I have is going to look dated at some point and fucking stupid. I think What are you going like, to do? What's the plan? Nothing. Just nothing? Cover up? Keep hiding them? Yeah, keep hiding them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get more? Lean into it? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but like the traditional American ones of like chef's knife, like yeah. fucking a, yeah. a turnip. Yeah. Primals of the cow. You yeah. Know, Real, the, exactly. Like yeah. the fucking the pork cuts. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of this weird like whiskey and boots yeah. era of masculinity in the early 2010s. It's pretty funny. Eliza's working on a story for taste and I'm going to link to that if it's live yeah. by the time we do that. Now, let me ask you, you guys, when you open your show, you always talk about what you're wearing, but you also talk about what you're drinking, which I appreciate. The fact that you're thinking about the, what your beverage is, that we do this show many times a week and we don't actually talk about the the water or the water or the water we're drinking. because The Diet Pepsi. You got, so you got Pepsi, Diet Pepsi, a nice choice. Uh, what drives you to think about your beverages? I don't know. I think, like, uh, during the pandemic, we were definitely boozing more on the pod. Um, and that was kind of just a fun way of, like, 
oh, like I got this wine and the yeah. the wine guy at the wine store said it's this like shit from Portugal and da 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 da. Yes. So just like another again, vino verde energy. Yeah, yeah. just a, a portal of entry into a conversation. And I think like with food and drink and style and how you like present yourself or how you consume, there's definitely similarities. And also with cooking, especially, I think when we talk about like. What the guest? I mean, usually it's it's pretty boring. It's like, all right, we're drinking tap water. Yeah, guess one of the seltzer. Yeah, you get some, but you go into like you know sparkling water, seltzers. It's to me, yeah. it's not boring. I think bottled water cultures is like snobby bullshit, but uh, it's uh, I don't know. I think that it's it's important to like kind of keep levity of like the fact that yeah, like we're we're an online podcast and mainly online community, but like linking up with your with the homies for to like grab a drink or something is still like everything should, should still be rooted in like the real life actuality, yeah, um, and not just only existing online, right? And just having like you talking about emojis and shit. Like I mean, yeah. it's like real life shit is like we want modelos with the fellows and buds with the buds. Yeah, I like that. Speaking of with buds with the buds, last top three group hang New York oh, three spots. Tough. Yeah, I know. I'm putting you in spot. You're doing a good job, though. Appreciate it. Um, I mentioned servos. I still think that that's, like, yeah. one of the for real go-tos, like, if someone's visiting, uh, that's, like, a must-hit. Although it's yeah. kind of hard with a big group. Yeah, so that's the question, right? So we're going 6+. plus. Maybe Resi isn't working because 6+, plus is hard on Resi, yeah. even for a Tuesday. I'd do Hot Pot, maybe, like, Peking Duck, just some classics. Oh, Peking Duck House? Yeah, Peking Duck House. Um, my favorite big group spot in Chinatown closed down during the pandemic. Mm. was called Sonor. It was actually in Indonesian. Oh, okay. In like, a restaurant, or a restaurant basement. Yeah. Bernie's yeah. is still my number one. Um, that credit, the house credit's getting, really getting upped right now. Oh, yeah. These references. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah, worth the wait, even though, yeah. again, like, the line's crazy. Nah, I love it. And then, I guess, another place that's great for a group is Astori Seafood. Have you been there? Just, like, showing up, picking out your seafood you want, and it's like, are right, you want it fried, roasted, yeah. blackened? Like, it's pretty simple, but it's just a great yeah. fucking time with a bunch of people. And getting out to the borough, too, out of borough. Yeah. You uh, said Astoria Seafood? It's an Astoria Seafood, yeah, but it's, yeah. like, not, it's pretty South Astoria, so yeah, it's yeah. not too deep into Queens or anything Absolutely. What are you cooking these days? Yourself. Usually pretty simple, just, like, salmon. Really? My doctor like that, that's like, like the health. Like, my you, doctor told me I had high cholesterol, but I think it's because I drank coffee before my James, blood test. Are you on statins yet? I started, Great. but I went off Five MGs? I, I don't know. Okay. The generic shit, because I have terrible like, health like how What's the dose, though? Like, oh, I don't fucking know. Okay. Big, uh, is it horse pill, or is it like tiny pill? Mm, tiny. Yeah, so you're doing like five MGs. I mean, there's a, I think there's so. a time in a man's life or a woman's life that you get, get on the statins. But I stopped taking them because I'm uh. convinced, I'm pretty sure that I drank coffee before my blood test, and that's why my yeah. the, my shit was so fucked, because I didn't know that I was taking a blood test. Oh, yeah. So I stopped, and I'm going in tomorrow morning. Ooh, um, the fast have, is on. I have a reminder at 7 a.m. to not make any coffee. Yeah. Um. So I will be fasting and grumpy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's been salmon over like rice with some Japanese pickles and like a roasted veggie. Like that. Um, on the weekends, I'll just take kind of like whatever's left over in the fridge and do like a, just chop up whatever vegetables and make like a pasta sauce. I've been doing a lot of salad freak. Oh, shout Jess. out Jess. Yeah. Jess guest of the pod. She's been on the show. She's, yeah, she's great. I'll try to make like I guess you'd call it meal prep, just like, all right, one for tonight, one for tomorrow, but I'll yeah. end up just eating both both servings. That's, I mean, be out of shit out of it's luck. It's truly the, the worst thing about meal prep is like, I want to go like one and a half. Yeah. And then I got half left and the half doesn't work. And then I'm like, wait, I just ate two pounds of Brussels sprouts. Am I, I going to be okay? Like, because <laughs> you can't on? stop because it's good. And it's like in the moment, I'm with it's you. I know what that means. And then I did get sucked into the uh, TikTok chef abyss. 
Yeah. By this guy, Laurent Dejeuner. Oh, wow. Do you know him? No. Yeah, the TikTok chef thing is interesting. I mean, it's definitely, obviously... Laurent Dejeuner. See, there he is. There he is. Check him out. Yeah, I'll check him out. So you're actually cooking from his recipes? Uh, More just like taking a screenshot of what he posts in his caption and just kind of like figuring out myself. But like watching it like once or twice. Um, But he's doing it in a way that's like actually makes it look very fun. Um, And I know that sounds incredibly corny. Nah, I I follow it. Do you follow Pierce Abernathy at all? I don't really follow any food people because then I just get too fucking hungry watching like (laughs) scrolling. I respect that. Yeah. James, we ask all guests on Taste Podcast if you can write a cookbook or food culture book without the burden of time, meaning you have no deadline, or the burden of budget, meaning you have all the money in the world to create this book. James, what would that book be? Um, I'm sure this has been said many, many times, but again, going back to my year in Thailand and the amount of like street food there, which is like literally just, that's what you eat for every single meal. Um, just like going to the, that market or whatever, just every market or as many markets as possible throughout Thailand, the Northern, North of Thailand, Indonesia, um, just that whole region. And just kind of like, I don't know, I think it would be better just to have them yeah. like well that had to have them do the work right. um have them write out the recipes because like i'm not gonna fucking be like oh and then i experienced this like no i befriended this guy who made the best lek hang i've ever tasted and he would always give me extra fish balls and da-da-da. just let him tell his story and like get him paid yeah. i guess oh so, so you're like altruistic and you're I giving them suck, some of the money i would suck random house dry and <laughs> by giving them as much money as the author the american author uh, would get paid as well. So everyone just makes the same amount of money. Respect that, James. Yeah. I pre- appreciate it. I think the Southeast Asian cookbook is in your future. Southeast Asian, yeah, for sure. James Harris, Throwing Fits, thank you for joining the Taste Podcast. Thank you. The Taste Podcast is hosted by Eliza Abarbanel and me, Matt Rodbar. The show is produced by Shalia Harris and Pat Stango and edited by Clayton Gumbert. Theme music by Steve Rydell. Visit Taste Online at tastecooking.com and make sure to subscribe to our newsletter for updates on all cool things that are happening. 